What's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Festive Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down and talking with Corey Hour. Corey, can you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our audience, anyone who might not know who you are? Yeah, hey guys, I'm Corey Hour. I'm a director, photographer, and cinematographer from Arizona, but I just recently moved to Los Angeles, California. Yeah, so um, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about uh, what's been going on. Um, I know you and me met uh, actually pretty close to this time last year, um, so it's been a minute since I last seen you. What's uh, What's been on your plate uh, this 2019 year? What's some, been some of the big exciting things you've been working on? Well, the biggest transition this year was moving from Arizona to LA. That happened um, actually towards the end of 2018, so it's been about a, about a year since I've moved, and a lot of things have changed. Um, the scale of my productions, my network, uh, my workflow, and kind of just all the projects I've been on. It's its shifted slowly from corporate and um, weddings and a few smaller projects I was doing in Arizona to full on. I, I was a DP on a feature film this year. I've shot a lot of so commercials cool. and music videos and docs. Yeah, it's it's been pretty in, insane. You know, the growth is there. The progress is there. And uh, that's all in my first year in LA. That's awesome, man. Um, what are what have been uh, like? So I guess you're you're still jumping back and forth between LA and Arizona, correct? Correct. Yeah. So do you have like a set goal, like five years or three years? You just want to be solely working on projects in LA, or I know you I know you like Arizona. Um, so do you always plan on kind of continuing to work with clients out there? You know, absolutely. I initially moved to LA. Um, it was pretty funny. I was on a, a set of a music video with a couple of my uh, my friends and we were talking about, you know, like how how much we love being out in LA and shooting. It was actually, we were actually out in Calabasas and shooting this music video in this backyard. It was like a one take, but it was a really, it was a really gnarly one take. It was a really cool concept. Um, and we were just discussing how, you know, how our life's going to transition now that we've, you know, we've reached a point in our careers where we're traveling a lot for work. And, you know, I have, I've been doing this for nine years now and I always told myself like, I would never move to LA. It's just too crazy. It just costs too much. You know, I just live in Arizona so I could jump on a plane and be in LA, but it, it sort of turned out that I was in LA more than I was in Arizona and I was living in Arizona at the time. And, and I told my buddy, I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to move out here. <laughs> and then three weeks from that moment that I said that, that I said that I was thinking I was going to move to L.A., I was signed my lease and moved, packed everything and moved out to L.A. I would just, it just happened like that, man. Everything just lined up. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's wild. Uh, it's, it's it's really cool, kind of <clears throat> concise and how it happened so fast. But, like, obviously in a sense, you know, you've been really patient and it's kind of been a, a long game process, you know, being, being in this, uh, career path for nine years. What is, what, what kind of like, uh, I guess, advice would you have for people that are debating that, that jump, you know, heading out to LA? Do you, would you say now being there, um, kind of living out there for a full year now, would you say just like jump, just go for it? Is there, is there a certain amount of experience you think one should have before heading out? Oh, absolutely. So I, I hit the ground running uh, moving to LA just because I had built myself up prior to moving here. I built my connections, my experience, my portfolio. I built my confidence up and I built my gear up. I know a lot of people say, oh, gear doesn't matter. You could just rent it. It's, it's at the end of the day. It does. When you're out here, you need to be mindful of what you're capable of and what you're able to use and bring to set. Now, yeah. when you talk about 
do you just jump? Like, I mean, I do, I've done a lot of that in my life, but I was at this point in my career where I've been doing this for almost a decade now, and it's not like I was afraid. It was more or less if it was the right time in my life, in my career, because I felt like I plateaued in Arizona. I just didn't see a lot of progression happening in the later last two, three years. Like I saw myself reach a really high point. And then I, I said like, you know what? I think the projects and the scale of, I'd say success and overall the industry in Arizona just wasn't where I wanted to be. It was a lot slower. Sure. I felt like I was just running like I was, I was just running past everyone, just blazing past everyone and in, in the projects and the budgets and all that stuff. And, and it was just a matter of time before I was able to, you know, to the stars align and I was able to move to LA and I did. So, like I said, predetermined and much prepared before I even set foot like, but it, it happened quick. You know, I made it sound like, Oh, three weeks and I, I moved over. It made it sound like it was easy, but I mean, I'm, I was, I was in the type of uh, mindset where I had already knew that I can make it if I moved out here. Yeah, totally. I, I want to take it back to kind of the gear because I think that's like an interesting conversation because I always am going back and forth on that debate. Like gear doesn't really matter kind of. Um, but then again, like it really helps you. Can you speak on how that's helped you get gigs um, out in LA. I, I'm sure that's helped you a ton. Like I know you have uh, you have a, a wireless follow focus system. Um, I, I mean, you, you're just kind of like a man of many hats. I feel like, you know, you, you I, I see constantly um, on social media, you're, you're doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, so how is, you know, having the gear you've had and I guess the, the experience in, in all these different positions, like help you build your network and find uh, more gigs? Dude, so here's one thing about moving to LA, and it's the 100% truth. A lot of the things you see in the movies and in shows and that you hear about, it's honestly, majority of it's true. It's it's super saturated. There are a ton of talented people all rallied into one city. You know, it's a big city, but there's a ton of immensely talented people all reaching for the same goal, for the same gig, for the same dream almost, you know, like different variations of it. But Everybody is trying to make it out here. And honestly, what really separates you are, in my opinion, three things. Knowledge, experience, and how badly you want it. And part of the gear and what makes it so important is having the knowledge and experience using these things, you know, using a follow focus. Absolutely. Yeah, using these camera setups, using these Ronin gimbals, using lights, using, you know, grip equipment, um, being able to proficiently talk to your team. If you're in the role of a DP, what a lot of people think is DP is like exclusively um, tied with like camera operating. It's not. If you're a DP, you should know how to light. You should be able to to instruct, you know, your team and whoever you're working with, or you should be proficient in these skill traits. Because when you're in that role, sometimes, and this is what people kind of get kind of mixed up with they they think dps are always hands-on with the camera or um steady cam or gimbal or whatever but sometimes dps what they do is they direct camera operators you know they go hand in hand they, sometimes dps don't even touch the camera they yeah they have to direct and instruct the gaffing team which is all the lighting and they have to kind of explain the vision to the cinematographer for camera moves for framing composition they want to evoke emotions by explaining it to their team. And so the fact that I am capable of 
being a focus polar, being a first AC, which, you know, you said the wireless focus system, the wireless monitoring, that's yeah. that's a huge thing out here. A lot of first ACs, a lot of people break into DPing because they come up from either gaffing or first ACing or camera assistance. Um, and I'm more of a competent DP if I know how to light, if I know how to grip, if I know how to uh, move a camera and operate a gimbal, operate Steadicam, you know, go handheld, learn how to build a Dana Dolly. I'm more proficient as a DP and as a director and as an overall leader on set if I have these skills and I have hands-on experience. And, you know, I'm able to speak their language, right? Like if, if you've ever been on set with somebody um, and you guys start throwing around terminology like, hey, I need you to do like an underslung Dana Dolly so we can do an overhead shot or I need you to like, I need you to soften this light with 250 diffusion and I want you to bounce it off the wall. Like you're speaking a whole different language and if you're able to speak yeah. the language of, of, a light, of a lighting technician or a grip or a cinematographer or a fellow like camera operator, once you're able to speak that language, dude, it's going to be butter and it's going to make you gain so much respect. And yeah, man. So recently I, uh, I picked up, uh, first a seeing, you know, it just intrigued me, you know, being able to build cameras, being able to, um, pull focus, making uh, video village and just doing all these things. Like I was just, I love the tech. I love how, how it just upped my game and, and my knowledge on set. And I just, love having those things like i i can't envision having a set without like a first ac anymore because that's such a, a big role to have yeah <laughs> that's that's awesome man um so what's been i guess what's been like the biggest uh learning curve if you will like with kind of taking all that on this year or you know has it not really had has it not really been like an adamant learning curve with the process like you feel like you've kind of always just kind of known how to i guess build out these full these full camera rigs um and you know operating as an ac like have, has there been any struggles with kind of taking on more of a prominent role of that on sets this year that's that's crazy man you, you asked me this question it gives me chills thinking about it because like i'm finally reflecting <laughs> on it like these last 14 months i've been here i've just been grinding 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 and i haven't realized how much i've grown because like when you ask me that question, a lot of these experiences and a lot of these moments like flash through my mind and it just, it makes me realize that in this one year out here in LA, when I'm taking everything way more serious, it's, I've grown and learned more in this one year than I've learned in the past eight. So just to answer your question, absolutely. The, the curve has been nuts. It's been an upward progression and ex, ex, exponential growth, dude. Like I can't even tell you from, from working on my first feature to working on bigger commercials and documentaries and music videos and just being on sets with a, a different, you know, like different budgets and stuff. Like I, I can't even begin to explain, but I will tell you one thing is I'm glad I made this transition because if I was too afraid to jump, I would have been stuck in the same place for all my life. And I didn't want to be yeah. stuck in the same place. And I'm, I'm so glad that I made this transition and, um, so yeah, the learning curve has been intense and I, I take on a lot of stuff. I, I, I progressionally over the last nine years, have learned how to build cameras. I've learned how to speak the languages. I've learned how to light. And, um, just this, you know, this past year I've, I've been, um, absorbing and digesting a lot from other DPs, from other ACs, cinematographers, gaffers, everyone, dude. Like I, 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 I came to this point to where I, I start listening a lot more than I talk and, especially on set, you know, or if I, if I say something, I, I make sure that I leave room for 
for criticism because I want to know if I can improve yeah. on it or if I can learn from somebody else's perspective. Because if if you go on set, like you're gonna start to realize if you go on like an actual set, you're gonna start to realize how little you know because there are so many complex breakdowns of every single portion of sets. And like some people don't know, you know, a T stop from an F stop. And some people don't know, you know, these these things that, that totally can change the game. And it's pretty impressive um, just experiencing it hands-on how much more I've grown in, in the past year. 100%. How, how like, uh, addicting is that, you know, <laughs> kind of, like, oh. just constantly learning and growing? <laughs> Dude, it's so addicting. And I, I guess I'm, I'm used to having, like, high-stress situations. So um, a lot of people, they can't handle that stress. They can't handle all of the troubleshooting. Like, for, So I'm going to take first ACing, for example. Like, A lot of people aren't familiar with the gear, aren't familiar with... Um, how to build cameras out, how to do power management, how to properly um, focus gears and pull focus and how to properly troubleshoot. So it's very stressful because everyone's waiting on you. And then they're not, I guess, dialed in enough to pull focus on a T. Like I was shooting, uh, I was I was AC on a, um, a film and it was in Hollywood and we're shooting on the Aerie Alexa Mini, which is a, you know, it's just a great camera, and and we we're shooting yeah. on uh, Zeiss Supreme lenses that I've never shot on before, Ooh. and I was using an RT Motion, which is the Teradek RT Motion Follow Focus, and we we're shooting at like a T. I, I want to say like the, the the most shallow those lenses go. I can't remember if it's like T one one three one five something like that. So we we're shooting like that <laughs> all night, and it was an, it was night scenes handheld all night my first time using this wireless follow focus system which is it was, it was a it was a good system but like it was wild because there was points where the the dp was shooting and he was shooting a static shot but he was still hand holding it and i'm like damn like you could just throw it on a tripod but like you got to make yeah. those those small fine-tune adjustments so it's really it's really it's really addicting but it's also super super a lot of pressure man and and i don't realize it until after the fact but when you're first ACing or you're a DP, you're in charge of not only yourself, but the entire production. Because every second, you're just burning money, man. If you if you mess up a take, you're pushing everything back. You're pushing lunch back. You're pushing the crew back. You're, you're putting everybody, like the actors have to reset. Everyone has to reset and we have to go again, you know, because it's it's all on your hands to, to make sure the shots are clear and to make sure a little bit, you know, cause I notice things too. Like I notice mic pack sticking out of actors sometimes like in the, on the third take. And if I didn't call it out, I remember that one, this one particular situation, the same situation where the mic pack was sticking out for four takes. And then I called it on the, the fourth take. I, I, I flagged the producers and I was like, Hey, yeah, there's a mic pack is, um, is sticking out. And they're like, Oh, we got to redo this whole thing. Dang. And, yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, dude, our walk, like our DP wasn't on a walkie. So I was literally in another room pulling focus and I had no idea what was going to happen in the scene. None, none at all. I had to, <laughs> I had to assume, what? yeah, I had to assume a lot of the stuff. Like, am I pulling to the waiter? Am I pulling back to the talent? Am I, what am I doing? Like they, they're pouring a glass of water. Should I focus on, on the actor or should I focus on the, you know, like, I just don't know what's going on. So to make matters worse, you're just on the fly, man. You're always on the fly and you're always having to look out for things. So, um, it's super, super addicting learning about tech, using new tech, being able to work with companies and using new tech. Like I'm using, um, this new wireless system by Hollyland and they're kind of, coming in they're new to the scene and everyone everyone knows teradek a lot of people know teradek yeah. Vaxis, and paralinks but i've been using hollyland dude and and to my 
surprise, it's it's held up amazingly well. And I'm basically saying to myself, like, I trust this over over Teradex systems for me, you know, for, for my yeah. own purchase. Like, I, w- I could go buy a Teradex, which is going to end up being about twice as much, three times as much. But I trust this enough to invest my money in it and to use it on big sets and professional jobs. And if, if they don't like it, I mean, they can rent an alternative but you know or tell me instruct me to rent an alternative but it's coming out of their pockets it's not going to come out of my pockets so at the end of the day i trust what i do and and the level of things i've done so far using that uh tilt and nucleus m um file focus system and the uh, hollyland wireless uh, video system so it's, it's super addicting getting all this new gear and learning it and being able to use it proficiently on set definitely oh absolutely i, I love the hollyland uh the uh, my buddy has the uh cosmos 600 i believe it is um yeah yeah that's when i dude, have to. it's it's fantastic um yeah he's literally I, I bring him out to all my shoots now because i just have to like it's addicting having it um <laughs> um speaking of which actually you kind of mentioned like trust which i thought um was i'd love to just kind of talk on more um you know how much has that impacted you know you getting continuous gigs or getting kind of callbacks if you will um being on maybe you've had like a couple new clients this year that you went on the set and perhaps you know you just like did an incredible job so they can kind of you know trust and rely on your work uh your work ethic you know your gear etc as you kind of mentioned how much has that helped you would you say this year in you know, acquiring new clients or I mean not necessarily clients but like perhaps maybe it's like you know a DP like they just want to bring you out to every set now to AC because they can really trust and rely again, you know, your work ethic, your gear, be on time, etc. Yeah, so part of the reason I believe a lot of people hire me is because of the the way I portray myself on social media and kind of like the way I connect with others and, and I'm being readily available and I have the gear and some of the experience to back me up. Sometimes I, you know, I I also take lower rates because I haven't key gripped before i haven't gaffed before um or i haven't first ac'd before and you know they're like hey like we got x amount of dollars i know it's not a usual day rate but um we're looking for a first ac or we're looking for a key grip or we're looking for a gaffer and can you do it so it's also it's also kind of beneficial that i learn and i take these jobs from my friends which at most of these jobs I've been asked to do these things is is through recommendations or through friends so it's 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 not been I, there's there's been a handful that I can't really think off the top of my head that of jobs that I got based off of just answering like an email or or answering an Instagram post or a listing on Facebook or something or something yeah. like that. Um, it doesn't happen often, but what it is is I already come referred, like re- highly recommended from from my uh, colleagues and my network out here. So to gain that trust. I tell them like, look, I'll take this lower rate and I'll tell you I'm not the best, but I do have gear. I do have knowledge and I do have experience and I'm opening to learning and listening. And you just tell me what you need. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hurt anyone or put anyone in danger. I use common sense and logic whenever I'm building, you know, lighting or grip or whenever I'm first day seeing, I call things out or, you know, and I always bring a little extra to say, I know this is not what your everybody does or not, not even technically what you're supposed to do is like I'll bring extra stuff onto set so one time I was um first ACing and I brought my own wireless uh which which they said oh we already have a Paralink system we're good to go 
their Paralink system wasn't working with the Steadicam operator because it didn't have enough inputs and outputs. So, and then like the Steadicam operator and I talked about how I brought mine over and mine had just the right plugins. So we just swapped it out, used mine's, it worked perfectly all Dang. day. So I kind of yeah. saved it. I kind of saved the situation, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always down to go the extra mile and bring stuff on set. Like I was just on a film this last weekend and I was hired to, to gaff, but I brought my wireless, um, monitor, you know what I'm saying? And my wireless system. And so like they didn't, they only, the only monitor on set was the AC's monitor. And so everyone was good. Like imagine like 10 people huddled over looking at that, but I brought my own monitor when I'm a gaffer, I brought my own monitor just to reference so I could look at the feed while I'm lighting and make adjustments, but they ended up using it as a director's monitor. And that really helped exponentially. And like, I kind of, on the last day I put it away like an hour early and they're like, why'd you put it away? And I was like, well, we're supposed to wrap early. And you guys told me to break down and it, they were like, oh, we really needed that. And that just goes to show that I brought it and I they used it, right? It's my buddy's shoot. Yeah. They used it. They loved it. And it was such a big thing that when it wasn't there, they noticed. And they're like, oh, we really need that. And I was like, all right, I'll go back to my car and, and rebuild it and put it back up, you know? So, like, I, I gained trust by being on there, being on call, bringing gear and just doing the job and, and doing it correctly and not dicking around, you know? So, that's how I kind Absolutely. of uh, build that trust. Yeah, man, I, I totally see that. That's that's something I think I definitely gain a new perspective on, on uh, you know, new shoots and, and sets uh, myself. You know, it's just when people happen to bring some kind of new piece of gear or lighting and then it turns out to be just something that I really want in my arsenal or, or I might just want particularly uh, for, for an upcoming shoot. Um, so I can totally see that happening. Kind of taking this transition a little bit with gear i know a a bigger thing you've kind of been pushing is uh partnerships um with different kind of brands and companies can you speak a little bit about um you know maybe advice you have for um any content creators out there and kind of building these partnerships um and how it's kind of helped you um you know increase your your gear that you can offer um as well as potentially you know increase uh i don't know your outreach or, or clients that you've received as a result of it that's right. You know, actually this year, um, more than others, I've actually partnered up and worked with a couple companies. Razor Lighting um, is one of them. They sent me out their big two by one um, MC um, Max 400 panel, which is basically like a sky panel. And it's equivalent to like a sky panel S60C. And we all, we all know how expensive those are. Those are like five, six thousand dollars. Yeah. And uh, they sent me it and it was unreleased. And they're like, really amazing to work with these guys are incredible like they respond on time they shipped everything out to me i started using it on set for the feature film everyone was incre- like incredibly amazed by it they can run off v-mount it can run off power which unfortunately the third day into this feature film that we were shooting this year um my car got broken into and they stole the power ballast of the the light luckily it didn't steal light they stole a couple of my lights like a lot of my grip equipment and the power source for my light but fortunately, that light runs off of V-mounts as well. So we were able to use it for the rest of the shoot because we plugged in V-mounts in the back of it yeah. and it just worked. Um, so working with them has been great. And honestly, I can't even remember how I connected with them. But I really, I saw their lights and I, I thought they looked incredible. And I, I reached out to them and I'm like, hey, um, I, at first I inquired about like purchasing the light or if, if they had anybody that's like working with them, like ambassadors or people that are like demo testing it. And, and they got back to me after a couple months, actually, it took a while. And probably because their marketing wasn't um, 
you know, they were trying just busy doing other things, but so they sent me out the light and that was incredible. And, went, and so back to when my stuff got stolen, I told them and they resent me like at their, on their dime still, they resent me another power ballast, which is like a $500 piece. And you know, they're really Dang. cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. My, my goal was, is never to, um, was never to like really work with brands. Like it's fun and it's great and it's super awesome being able to give them feedback and to maybe test some of their stuff or they'll loan it out to us. But, um, that's never been my goal. But then as I start talking to, um, them and they're like, Hey, what do you do? And I'm just like, I'm a DP and I also, um, direct as well. And they're like, you know, we really want to start working on our cinema, uh, partnerships with like, you know, cinematographers and filmmakers because we, we, we work with a lot of influencers, right? YouTubers, social media influencers, et cetera. But they're Uh like, we really want to work with people on a different, in the different part of the industry, the part of the industry that's going to use these products and give us a lot more feedback, like a lot more technical feedback. Um, And like different, you know, put these lights and these gears into different scenarios. So the same thing with Hollyland. Hollyland, they were saying how um, they sent out a lot of their units to um, social media influencers, YouTubers and stuff like that. And they want to work with um, other people in the industry. Um, I can't talk about it too much, but, you know, I've, I've definitely discussed with them a lot of, a lot of the stuff I've given them feedback on the Cosmos 600 and the Mars 400S about like their infrastructure and how it performs. And, you know, I've posted about it a lot and they've recently reached out and they, they are super interested in working together. And, um, I've talked, I've had phone conferences with them and everything. So, um, my biggest thing is to focus on the work, focus on doing a good job, always respect and hire a BTS photographer, videographer, cause it really does help. You know, it helps, um, it helps you learn a lot about how you run your sets and it helps people see the breakdown and kind of shows what goes behind, goes on behind the camera. Cause a lot of people see one half of the picture, half of the picture is the final product. That's not even half. That's way yeah. less than half. That's like 10%, right? But the other 90% <laughs> is all the pre-production, all of yeah. the renting the gear, all of the storyboarding, all of the being on set at a time, how many, how many hours or days you're on set and all of the crewing up and all that stuff, all of that stuff is unseen you know what i'm saying unless you shine a light on it by you know posting a bts so a lot of people love seeing my bts of me working and i've gotten um you know a lot of recognition just because i'll show my gear i'll show me using it i'll show breakdowns and bts and and a lot of companies see that and they love to see their stuff being used and they love to see it being applied in ways that make it look like a professional set or just make the the makes their product look like a superstar product, you know what I'm saying? So um, just do you, you know, and then kind of share, share a little bit of what you do behind the scenes and talk on it, shoot reviews or post about it on Instagram or talk about it on social media, talk about it to others and word will get around and hopefully that'll produce, you know, partnerships and sponsorships and ambassador stuff with you. I mean, it, it all really depends on the type of person you are too. Like if you're, if you're really looking to get that achieved, then it'll come towards you, you know, manifest it, you know, think about it and it'll manifest itself. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's all about, you know, intention as well too, you know I mean? At the end of the day, are you trying to just get a bunch of random free gear from brands or are you trying to, you know, get particular gear for a particular project or, or whatnot? You know, I think kind of more, at least for me, I think it falls more in the line that I just have like all of specific kind of brands or companies I'll reach out to because there's, you know, maybe something particular I want or feel I need to kind of add to my arsenal next to kind of step my game up, if you will. <clears throat> I think something we've never really talked on, uh, you know, 
too much, I guess, really is like, what is what is uh, like, I guess this is kind of a hard question to answer. Not maybe maybe not end goal for you, but like where where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? What What is uh, our kind of dream position, if you will? You know, that's a that's a tough question to answer, just basically because I if you asked me that question a year ago, it wasn't going to be in L.A. Um, um, but, you know, now that I'm here, I uh, just moved into a house and I'm feeling a little bit more settled and I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable and I kind of can see a clear vision of what that that looks like. Um, I've always had the end goal. I'd say not an end goal or just like the bigger goal of um creating a feature film and that's slowly over the years that's still there but I've also thought about working on tv shows now like um shooting shooting tv series would be amazing you know working on oh yeah large big budget commercials like why why just pigeonhole yourself into one field right but I understand like if you want something so bad you got to focus on it but I don't put all my eggs in one basket and that's that's exactly why you see me on set gripping gaffing first AC, cinematographer, directing, or DP. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't put all of my eggs in one basket. I just love doing multiple things. But it all consists majorly of of the technical side, you know, like camera department or or just, just the most creative. I just want to be in the most creative position I possibly can be in. So in two, three years, if that involves me being shooting a huge commercial or if it involves me shooting a TV series or, or feature film or documentary, then that's where I see myself going. I do things based on what intrigues me, not what, you know, pays the bills and not what um, is trendy. I think a lot of people kind of jump on what's trending and they do it and yeah. um, they try to capitalize off of the hype. Uh, I've never been about that. I've always done whatever I wanted to do in that moment and whatever I was focused on and um, I'm kind of like a creature of impulse, man. Like I, like I said, like three weeks to the day that I said, I thought I was going to move to LA. I was, I lit, I moved out here. So, um, if I say, dude, I want to go shoot a TV series. I mean, and if I really focus on that, I guarantee you, you'll go see me shooting a TV series. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just, you manifest what you want to happen in your life. You think about it, you focus on it, you put all your energy towards that mentally, physically, emotionally, you put all of it towards that and it's going to happen. Um, that opportunity is going to present itself. You just have to be ready for it because a lot, a lot of what people do is they they hesitate. You know, like I said, if you hesitate to jump on an opportunity, if you hesitate to jump in life, you're going to be stuck in the same place. So, I, like I said, I'm a creature of impulse, and if I if I'm feeling it, man, I'm going to go for it. Like if I'm feeling like shooting this music video, if I'm feeling like shooting this this TV series, this film, anything, you know, if I'm feeling it, I'm going to do it. You know, so that's just kind of the way I've always been. Um, no one, no brand can pay me to use their products. No brand can pay me to say anything. No one can pay me to say anything. And that's kind of how I'm always going to keep it, dude. If I, if I go into a project and I don't agree with a lot of the things, I'll walk away, dude. Nothing, nothing. And no one is going to tell me what to do. Like it's gotta be, it has to come from respect that I do these things and a mutual passion. It's not about the paycheck. It's not about, um, the hierarchy. Like, if someone from the ASC uh, told me to jump, you know, like I'm not going to jump unless I understand what that's going to achieve for me and for them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not yeah. like I don't get starstruck. I don't I don't get into the hype of things. I just do things off of whims, man. I love them off of impulses. I just you know I'm real passionate about this, so that's why I've been doing it for nine years. 
Yeah, man, I can <laughs> I can sense your passion. I feel that 100%. I think that's really cool. You you kind of just, you know, follow your gut, if you will, you know, follow your heart. Um, I kind of want to take it to that ASC thing you mentioned there. What what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, with especially when it comes to working on TV shows or, or feature films, is that something you ever really like worry about or think about like trying to get oh. in the ASC or like do you think it matters at this point well here's here's what my personal opinion on the ASC is I think that those guys are masters of the craft but if you think about it ASC is something that you have to appeal to someone else like you have to abide by their standards by their rules you have to be voted yep. into the ASC you it's not something that you can achieve off of pure um, like I said, like it's not in your hands, like you have to be voted into it's, it's an exclusive, you know, club and, um, yeah. it's not something that you can control, you know what I'm saying? So like same thing with the Oscars is when you're doing these things, think about the people you're trying to impress. Think about the things you have to do and think about the prerequisites like the ASC they're I, you know, like uh, incredible people in the ASC, the highly highly skilled talented the masters like the top tier you know what i'm saying but like like i mentioned man think about it if it's not something you can control you know you don't have that that ability to force your way into there you have to like i said you have to meet their standards meet their requirements and and be voted in and be um taken in by them so in my perspective i would love to um, but if it's something that ethically or something that I don't agree with, I, I don't have to, like, I don't, yeah. it's not going to crush me if I'm not ever in the ASC or, um, a part of like the SOC or any of these societies, like it's not going to crush me because at the end of the day, I don't do these things to have the title. I do these things because I, I wake up or I think, or I feel, and it just, it's contained in my mind and I have to let it out. And I, I, I just have to share my story any creative thoughts I have because I just love sharing it to the world. But like I said, it's ASC and stuff like that. That's all titles. It's all positions. It's all prestigious stuff. And it's, I mean, it's not technically, it's not a huge goal for me or anything like that. It would be, it'd be cool. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, it's, that's not my focus. So yeah, that's my answer for that. Cool, man. Yeah. I love that. Um, Kind of, uh, you know, touching again on how, you know, you kind of have this uh, ability to do so many different tasks um, and that giving you so many different jobs and gigs and, and you're on set constantly. How do you find the balance for, uh, you know, personal endeavors, personal goals um, and, you know, not letting being on set and working on other productions, I guess, overtake uh your ability to kind of continue to put focus on those those personal goals you have well it's a good thing for me that my personal goals and my goals on my career are all aligned like it's it's all assimilated it's there is no black and white anymore it's all mixed and so um i've reached that balance (laughs) so that's awesome man technically don't have a off switch at this point like i checked in i clocked in nine years ago and i've never clocked out i wake up (laughs) live eat and breathe this man so there is no um i'd say uh like there's times where i think oh like dang i'm about to be 30 next year right so i'm 29 right now and I, i think to myself i'm like dang should i be a 
should I be starting a family? Should I be married at this point? Should I be this? Should I be that? Should I have this much in the bank? Should I have like 10 houses? I don't worry about that. What I what I do do is I focus on my family, which is number one to me. It's number one above filmmaking and everything because the filmmaking, the business side, all of this, my career, it's all supplemental towards my family. So my, yeah. you know, my priorities are in check and they've always been that way. And so like when it comes to, uh, to this balance people have, I guess the best way for me to put it is I've, my life is assimilated and adapted to my career. So, um, anyone that I'm with or my family or anyone that I talk to, they need to understand that. And and they do, which I make it very clear that I'm a very busy person and that I'm always doing things to the, to wee hours of the night, to the early morning, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 days next year, because it's a leap year. Um, it's it's going (laughs) to be nonstop. Yeah, let's go, dude. It's going to be nonstop. It's just, it's work, bro. And it's, it's not something that you clock out on. So for me, it's, it's just, you know, understanding your boundaries, understanding your limits. When you got to rest, you got to rest. When you have to take time for yourself, you take it for yourself, but it's, it's, it's go time every day, you know, um, is a new day and you just got to keep going and you got to keep building and you just got to keep that momentum or else if you fall off, you fall off hard. I don't know if you've ever fell off before. I fell off before just because of personal oh, yeah. reasons. And, and it was hard, man. The, actually, as a matter of fact, it fell off at the beginning of this year for a good three months. Um, you know, my grandfather passed away. My dad was having major health issues. He was in and out of the hospital six times with six surgeries. And I, you know, didn't know if I was going to lose him. I you know, I went through a lot of personal things and I took off for, I wouldn't say like two and a half months. I didn't work for two and a half months, dude. I just literally dealt with life. I handled things because that's the priority. You know, I could have worked, but I chose not to because at the end of the day, I'm not living to work. I'm living for my family and for my health and I'm living so I can see another day, not to, uh, you know, kill myself. I'm not trying to kill myself over this. So yeah, that's, yeah. um, yeah, that's how that all works out. Can you can yeah? Can you speak a little bit more, maybe uh, on the on you know, kind of getting in the mental state and the willingness to like say okay, like I need to step away and take this break, and then just I guess like share a little bit on you know what that break you know what it did for you. Um, I know because for me personally, like that's something I'm like absolutely terrible at is is taking time away from work. Um, one because I love it, but two, you know, I just kind of. Uh, I guess I, I get anxious and stressed whenever I let like emails and other things pass. So like taking a week off is like an extremely challenging thing for me. So I'd love to just hear, you know, more on your perspective on like how you're able to kind of get yourself in that mental state to understand and, and really take the time away. And then, you know, what kind of benefits you really saw from that? Look, man, you can't, um, you can't force a flat tire to move a car. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to tear it apart. And so For sure. it's the same thing with your mind, same thing with your heart. And it's the same thing with your body and the same thing with relationships. Dude, you can't force something that's, that doesn't have the will. You have to have that will and you have to build it up every day. You can't just, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't appear. It, it manifests through, through your energy, man. <laughs> I don't want to get all like super, uh, I don't know what's, what's call it spiritualism (laughs) yeah i mean at the end of the day that's what i truly believe and um it it really goes to show that the people who take this thing head on and then have done it it shows like when you walk on set with someone that's been on 
in the field for a year versus someone who's been in the field for 15, 20 years, you can see the difference. You can totally see the difference. For me, it's like yeah. I, I notice that those people that have been on set for like 15, 20 plus years are just serious and they're like not messing around. Like they don't, they don't intolerate or they don't tolerate incompetence and um, <laughs> in, in, inefficiency. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm, I'm slowly seeing that in myself a lot more. And it's just, you know, I, I understand though. I'm, a, I'm more of an understanding person. But at the end of the day, like you really need to get in the mindset where you're here to accomplish a mission and you're working as a team to accomplish this mission. And every morning that you wake up, even if you're in a bad mood or what or not, try not to let it show too much, you know, just, just do your job and um, try to bring each other up and uplift each other up and um, try your best to always realize that your health is, is extremely, extremely important. I know this sounds so cliche, but it's so important because you can't get that back. You cannot get those years back. You can't get those moments back. Um, it's just not worth it to, to, to give your life up, to give up these precious moments in churn for, um, you know, things that might not, you know, manifest, that might not have a return, you know, a return on the investment that you put into it. So really what's, what's, what's most important to me, and I'm, this might not be for everybody, is, is my family, like I mentioned and my personal health, and that is, you know, like if, if I'm burning out, if I'm having a bad time, if I'm not able to function, I have to tell people, you know, like I, I have a lot of people that I, I have to talk to and, and a lot of people that depend and rely on me and I have to tell them what's going on, you know, or if there's something that arises, I need to inform the people that are relying and depending on me immediately yeah. um, as, as far as, you know, what motivates you? That's gonna that's gonna differentiate from person to person. So I can't speak on for everybody, but for me personally, it's like it's not the money, man. It's not the status. I think I hear a lot of people kind of um, talk under their breath, or I catch a lot of people saying things to me like, "Oh, dude, you care about clout so much, dude. You care about social media." That I don't care, dude. I really could not care less. I see how it benefits me, and I love sharing and interacting with others, but I could care less if I'm famous or if I'm super successful in the eye of anybody else, it other than my yeah. family or my friends, like I, I really could not care less. Like, and if yeah. people don't like me, it's just like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to, for people to like me. I'm not here to uh, please everybody. I, I really don't care. And I tell, I, and that's the thing about me on set is I tell everybody to their face, you know, like, and a lot of people don't like that confrontation. They're used to probably saying these little <laughs> remarks or doing these things and just not being confronted on it or not being called out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, yeah. I'll always speak my mind and tell the truth as, as long as it's of an appropriate time and place. Or if I'm feeling wronged, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll say it, you know, like I'm not going to let anybody walk all over me for no amount of money or no amount of position yeah. they're in or opportunity. No one's going to do that. I'm, the freedom to walk away is, is the most relieving and um, just amazing thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you have to, sometimes you have to step away a little bit just to kind of readjust, to see this picture, you know, to, to recompose. And then when you're ready, yeah. just, just go back into it, dude. There's no like race. This is a marathon, dude. A lot of people think this is like a, a sprint. No, this is a damn marathon. You're in it for life. If you're in filmmaking, you're in this for life, dude. And it's a long run. Yes. It's a long haul. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, I love your, your, your level of self-awareness. I think that's like huge. That's been like a major thing. I've just been really trying to focus in on more um, and just 
honing in on this year. And I think it's made like a major difference, but you just seem very self-aware of, you know, who you are, what you want, um, and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I think, uh, something really cool too, that, uh, I think got going for you is you're very good at, uh, enjoying the little things in life, like food. <laughs> I know that's something we've talked about before. Like, yeah, you just have an unreal <laughs> arsenal of just incredible food spots in LA. Oh yeah. Um, I know you got uh, a great support network of friends as well. How how much does that benefit you on the professional side um, in, in regards to having, you know, revitalized energy, revitalized mov- motivation, um, getting new creative ideas, um, et cetera, you know, being able to take the time off to to enjoy a little bit of time with, uh, you know, your girlfriend or friends just going out to grab a bite to eat or have a couple of beers. How that's much has that, man. you know, benefited you? That's that that that's it. That's exactly what I need to to revitalize me, to re-energize me, to to motivate me and inspire me is I'll you know, on my on my downtime I'll travel. I love traveling. I love experiencing new cultures, new places, new people. I was in culinary for five years before I did filmmaking, so I know how to cook. Really? I, I, I enjoy food. Oh yeah, dude. I'm a sizzle dude, factory all day, that. bro. That's sick. Oh, bro, I am, I, yeah, dude, <laughs> like, I, I 100%, like, man, I cook, I've been cooking dinners at my house every single night, dude, because when you have a full kitchen, which I didn't have before, you, when you don't have a kitchen, you don't realize what you're missing sometimes, because I, people would always say, like, dude, you eat out every night, and they didn't realize that I didn't have a kitchen in my little one-bedroom studio here in LA when I first moved out here. I didn't have a kitchen, so I was eating out every night, and I just know how to spin a dime, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to I know all the cool spots. I, I'm well connected. I'm a Yelp elite, which is like, I mean, whatever, <laughs> right? But like, I mean, what comes with that is you're kind of in the in crowd and in the inner circle. And um, like, I like, yeah, so I was in culinary for five years, dude. I went from <laughs> making donuts, uh, working in an ice cream shop, uh, working at a grocery store to working in catering and working as a barista, as a cake, uh, working, doing cakes and doing catering and chef's assistant and all this stuff. So I did a lot of things. I've always appreciated food. Um, I love traveling and trying different foods from different places. Um, I love going out having drinks with my friends and just eating with my friends because foods, food really brings you together, dude. I mean, when you sit back and think about it, food brings you together. Like no matter what, you can always sit down at the end of the day, have some dinner, have food, have a drink, just chill out, relax. And that, that'll reset you. You know what I'm saying? That'll give you that energy you need. So that plays a, the most vital role. I mean, you know, aside from my inner motivation being my family and friends and my life, like my life revolves around traveling and being with my friends and family and um, eating and stuff like that, watching movies and watching TV shows. That's all a big part of that process of getting back into it or just finding inspiration or just, just, you know, recharging the batteries. 100%. Is, uh, speaking on finding inspiration, is, is there something else you like to do particularly um in your free time i don't know if it's like writing watching movies like is there some way you like to kind of spark new inspiration for maybe a short film you want to make or you know a tv show you want to pitch or anything like that so it's definitely like i actually don't get inspiration from social media i um i like i have amc a list so i go watch films and which is it's a great thing is like my friends and I and my family and my girlfriend we we love watching films we love watching movies like I've seen so many movies this year 
just based off of AMC A-list. And just, I think there's a lot of really cool movies. There's just a huge variety that came out this year and TV shows. Like I'm really into a lot of shows. Like right now I'm watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Oh yeah. Star Wars. Oh dude, so sick. so good. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And it's crazy because my girlfriend's gone for two weeks. She's traveling in Singapore and Bali right now. So I like told her I'm not going to watch it until she's back. But um, a lot of my inspiration early in life was um anime believe it or not like i watched a lot of anime and um so a lot of japanese uh anime and that really kind of like is a lot of high energy stuff and a lot of like flashy cartoons and a lot of cool storytelling like western western culture in america has a different way of storytelling than than asia and um just kind of growing up and seeing that perspective seeing the philosophies all of the all of the way that the story unfolds and the characters and all of the life lessons and the cultures is totally different from Western culture. So um, yeah. a lot of my inspiration early in life came from watching anime and I, I drew in class. I would draw anime all the time and just make all these comics and stuff. But like none of that's changed. I still love watching that. And I still love watching films and TV shows. Um, but like when it comes to inspiration, dude, I the thing about me is like I really don't um, follow trends and I don't, uh, look at social media and be like, oh, I'm, I'm just, you know, like I want to be like this person or that person. I really don't have an idol. I never did. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I have people I want to work with. Like Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. Forrest Gump is my favorite, favorite movie. Um, I have shows in particular that I would love to be a part of and work on, but nothing, no idol in particular or anything like that. Um, I think a lot of social media is kind of like a lot of competition and a lot of fake stuff sometimes, not all the times, but like a lot of the stuff that's obnoxious is always in your face. It always finds a way to just, just brandish itself <laughs> in your face. So right. <laughs> the, the, the less attention I give to that stuff, the less it shows up on my feed, the less I'm around those people. Like I'm, you know, like those are kind of energy draining things to like look at that stuff to constantly see that in your feed and to just it's just draining seeing that for me um yeah and I've limited my um, exposure to that I've limited my exposure to people that aren't aligned with my careers or my interests and stuff like that I was just kind of really 100% um, yeah just honed in on on the the goal you know on the objective which is you know making it in this world and making my parents and family proud and uh you know just taking care of taking care of everything and and just making a this successful career and just being happy at the end of the day and that that all revolves yeah. around you know just doing what makes you happy what what makes you seriously happy and if it's if it's you know it's not for me it's not money based and if it is money based i'm not saying that's wrong but i mean for me it's never been about the money or the status or any of that so yeah yeah it's just something it's a supplement of it you know it's something that comes with it yeah exactly exactly um, man, so I don't think I ever got like your, your origin story. Like, so you've been doing filmmaking for nine years, but was there ever like, did you have an iconic moment that like, you know, you stumbled upon some camera in a wooded field and then your, oh, your yeah. career took off? I was or- just, yeah, it was right next to the spaceship I landed on, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I landed in. Um, so actually what happened is, you know, my parents were so cool, man. They were like the coolest parents, like no joke love them they would award me when i was a little kid with taking me to blockbuster and they'd be like you can pick any game or movie out that you want or they would like surprise me and take me to the movies when i was really young i just remember my first real like real memory of going to the movies was when i was like five i would think five or four years old 
and we were standing in line and I could just hear the people standing in line talking. I could smell the popcorn as soon as we walked through the door. The theater was huge. It was beautiful. I just remember sitting in this theater and it was, it was totally dark. And then all of a sudden the lights come on and it's, it's on the screen. It's like Toy Story, like the first Toy Story. And I was like really young at the time. And, and I, I just remember my eyes lighting up and I was just like so surprised that my parents took me to watch this. And it just really, it was an experience. Like going to the movies is an experience that I hope never ends and never goes away because it's such yeah. a different feeling than watching it on a phone, on a tablet, on a computer at home. You know, it's it's such an encompassing experience because you're all in this at the same time and you're all experiencing this and you're all along for the ride. It's almost like a roller coaster. But um, so shoot, man, like my origin story really is... Because my parents were so cool, they used to go to these auctions. There's, a, <laughs> there's this like show on Netflix I used to watch called Storage Wars, where people would like open storage sheds, and then they <laughs> I know that show, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'd all like bet, bid on it, right? So, so one time my parents brought home a pinball machine, and I was like playing that thing all the time. They brought home like a bunch of other random stuff, and then one time they brought home a Sony camcorder, like a little mini DV, um, Sony black camcorder. And um, this was when I was eight years old. So this is about 20 something years ago. And then um, I picked it up and I was like, wow, those movies that I see that I rent from the store that I go to the theaters and see, I can make those. Like I have all this creativity and imagination surging through my mind. I'm like this little ADHD kid. And I was like yeah. that one. <laughs> I, I was that one kid in the freaking neighborhood all the time, no matter what neighborhood I lived in or where I was, I was that one kid that would rally up all the other kids. And I was kind of like the you know, the ringleader. And I would be like, yo, let's, let's make this fighting movie. Let's make this, this scary movie. Let's make this action or this comedy. And I did that ever since I, I was eight. That. Oh man. It was, it was beautiful, dude, because not only was it like a huge part of my growing up, but it was also a huge part of an outlet for me, you know, to, to kind of just, it was just the most fun for me and and people loved it my friends loved it they all supported me they were all in my literal little stars in my movies and you know I grew up and and that kid never went away man and so um I guess moving on to being an adult uh I wanted to um to pursue a degree in business so I um I went to college for business I had a full ride I had scholarships um I had everything taken care of and so when I was 18 um my whole my whole idea was to just work, get this business degree and start my own film business. That was always, that was always it. I always wanted to do film and photography for my business, no matter what. Like I had that figured out ever since I was, yeah. ever since I touched that camera when I was eight, I had that figured out. Um, At this point, I was 18, working two jobs, going to school full time. Um, And I found my dad, you know, uh, which was a my parents got divorced when I was 13. So it's been five years. I found him. He was homeless. Like we lost contact with him. So he's homeless at a bus stop. And, um, I, you know, people always tell me like, how did you recognize your dad? I was like, it's my dad. Like, I'm, how am I not going to recognize him? Even though he was, yeah. you know, he was wearing some dirty clothes and he had lost a lot of weight and he was very tired sounding. I, I knew it was him. So, I mean, I found him at a bus stop and I took him in with me. So he lived with me and this is when I was 18. And so I, doing that balance of school and work and so in life, you know, taking care of my dad, trying to have friendships, trying to, to, to cultivate friendships and do these things. And it was just really hard as an 18 year old. Um, so around the time I was 20, I was working at my job, 
um, I had stopped going to school because I had this opportunity. Um, the opportunity was to uh, film this. This is when I was 20, so this is about nine years ago. This is an uh, opportunity I had to film a reality boxing TV show. So there was it was in talks. But um, I was sitting at like a, a restaurant, kind of just, you know, taking my camera. We're getting practice with it. At this point, I had um, purchased a uh, Canon 60D. Okay. And yeah, so, I, you know, even though I worked, I still love doing film and photography on the side. I still did it with it. My first camera was a T1i that I bought in my adult life. I sold, I sold my flat screen TV and I took my paycheck and I bought a camera. Um, so I know those stories bouncing everywhere, but it's, it's all leading to this one point, which is that, that aha moment, which is that, oh, wow, like this is, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm sitting here eating my food at this restaurant. This guy calls out to me and he's like, hey, that's a cool camera. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he's like, yeah, I do a lot of photography for events and stuff. Like there's this music event going on tonight. Do you want to, um, do you, you want to, you want to go out and shoot some video? Maybe we can, you know, start shooting uh, videos for the venue, for the artist. And I was like, yeah, sure. 2009, picture this, 2009, Tempe, Arizona, this little club with a occupancy of 150 people. It's packed. And I don't, I don't personally listen to a lot of artists and stuff. And so I walk out there, I'm filming and then they're like, you know, 150 people in there and it's a really small place. And the headliner comes out. Think, think of, of, of someone that uh, came out in like 2009 that is humongous now. Think just, I give you three guesses. Think of who I filmed that night. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It was, it was a rap artist. Oh my gosh. 2009? Yeah, dude. I'm trying to think of like who was big then. No, no. This person was barely starting out. They basically just dropped onto the scene and blew up in 2009. Oh my gosh. Like, was 50 Cent still coming out with new music in 2009? <laughs> Probably. Like, it, was, it wasn't 50. It wasn't 50. No, no. Think of someone just starting their career in 2009 that blew up. That's also relevant still today. It's huge. The same time they started the career, I started my career, and I think it's just a very interesting moment. Is my first? This is my first music event I've ever shot. This is my first event I've ever filmed, and and it just so happened that, um, it was Kendrick Lamar. It was him, like opening up to a crowd of 150 people. No way. Yeah, and then yeah, dude, it was Kendrick Lamar, and and that was like, that was for him. That was you know his starting point, and for me, that was my starting point. And then, you know, since then, I've shot so many different artists, but I really liked it. I liked the energy. I love being in the moment, and um, I got an offer to uh, film a reality boxing TV show in Las Vegas uh, a week later. So I quit my job and I went into this full time. So those that was the moment where I was just like, Dang. dude, things are things lining up. Like I just shot this event. It's super dope energy. I met some cool people. Now I just got offered a three week gig in Vegas to shoot with these two professional boxers, Ron Johnson and Aaron Williams. They're part of the Mayweather. They were part of like Mayweather's entourage. So we okay, went to the Mayweather, yeah. Mayweather's gym, and this was you know like this is a crazy back then. So it was it was huge to be able to go to L.A. and shoot a reality TV show and be around like professional boxers and celebrities and millionaires and just to shoot it from training all the way up until the actual fight um yeah but that was my moment dude that was back in 09 
and I just went full in. Oh, that was 2010. I'm sorry, 2010. That's crazy. That is so wild. That's yeah, a really cool origin story. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy, dude. I left out a lot. It's just it would have took forever to get to the the meat of the story, but yeah, that's kind of what it was. Man, that's that's just wild. You know, I can't imagine the amount of growth and character development you had in those years. I mean, especially when you were 18 and and having your dad with, live with you. I mean, that's got to be so challenging, um, kind of taking on, you know, all those different endeavors and stuff. Uh, I just can't even imagine, you know, how much you grew in those couple of years. It was hard, dude. Now that I think about it, like <clears throat> I used to felt like it was a crutch. I used to felt like it was holding me back, but it was something I had to do, you know, like no matter what. And that just goes to show you that that's oh. my, pro- that's my priority. And it always was not just today, not just a couple years ago from the start. I took my dad in and I made sure he was good before I ever um, did my thing. You know, and and a year ago when my dad was in good health, I moved out to LA and started doing this. And, you know, it took five years or four years of him being in the hospital for him to stabilize and for for me to gain the courage to be able to to move to LA and and to be able to be stable enough to go back and forth if I needed to, to check on him. And I still do that today, but like for four years, I, I really put in that time, you know, to take care of my father and I didn't make the move to LA and I didn't do anything that would put me in a situation where I wasn't there for my father. So, um, you know, the beginning, like I said, the beginning of this year was really hard. Like the three months, my dad was, he had six surgeries back to back in like two weeks and it was just insane. dude. follow following him all the way to like the operating table and just you know just seeing that and having my grandfather pass away and just it was just an overall hard time it was crushing but like I said I took that two and a half months off I didn't work one single day in those two and a half months and I said I have to take care of my family I have to take care of my personal and it just gotta it just has to be a priority you know I can't I can't choose anything else there's nothing else more important to me so yeah there's you Absolutely, know, man. A lot of a lot of responsibilities since day one. I've never, I've never been like a. I'd say. I I don't want to make it sound bad. I, I just never ha- had it super easy. You know, like it's it's always come at a price at a, as a challenge. It's always you know one thing after another. So, but it's yeah. it's it's how you grow. You grow under pressure. And uh, you look back and you're proud of yourself. You don't, you don't feel ashamed of those decisions you made. I would have felt so ashamed if I had turned the other cheek and left him, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. It it definitely shows. Um, Love that. With, with kind of building and growing on that now, we we're obviously in a lot better place now, even having a lot of success here in LA, um, some great shoots. What are you most excited about um, with the coming of 2020 kind of, new decade um what are you most looking forward to that's crazy i'm looking forward to being 30 i mean a lot of people are like scared of aging i am oh i love it man i'm I'm in love I've, with it right now man yeah i've had more fun every single year i've gotten older like it's just been better and better tell me about it for you what's what's that 2020 looking like for you what are you most excited about i'll feed off your oh. energy Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, potentially probably the next big one, um, for 2020 is, uh, jumping ship, uh, to LA here full time. Yeah, boy. Um, I know we've been talking about that. I'm, I was hoping that was still in the, still in the plan. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm just uh, really my whole plan right now is um, just trying to to get things aligned where it makes uh, financial sense as well. Um, I know that. I'm oh, kind of, absolutely. I've definitely talked to you. Um, you know, I, I think I'm at a career point where I've um, I mean, again, I, I think there's amazing shooters and stuff out here, but particularly for what I want to do, you know, it just doesn't live in Orlando. And so I feel like I've kind of plateaued. So I feel like I'm yeah. at that point where I need to jump and get out to LA, but it's also, um, I'm not going to go tossing out my numbers here, but I'm in a very good financial situation here. Um, and I'm continuing to get new clients every month. Um, so it's just kind of working on transitioning that to maintain what I have retainer wise here, um, and grow out there. So, um, that way I'm, you know, financially it's just making sense for me but that that's that's my biggest thing for 2020 really is i'm just super excited for that and uh i i don't know i've just got i've got uh, a very weird feeling that things are going to change very very fast for me very soon um in a good way <laughs> is how i that's feel good. right now so, yeah i was like yeah, oh <laughs> I, yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure what it is but i just i have a lot of good energy right now um and uh, yeah, kind of like you mentioned, manifesting. So I'm really just trying to work that for uh, LA. But the plan is to to try and make that happen in uh, early fall, late summer. So sometime around uh, August is my goal right now. I hear you, man. And I'm glad because you were talking about moving over here uh, a lot sooner. And I was just like, I was like, make sure everything's lined up. You know, a lot of my buddies, um, they moved out here and... Um, a couple of them recently, they all kind of like moved out a little bit uh, around the same time I did. And a lot of them are just like, dude, I haven't worked a day in like a month. It's just like, they're like, I'm kind of worried. Like I'm kind of stressing. And I'm like, dude, you got to get yourself out there. This isn't going to be as easy and comfortable as it was back at home. Like this is, yeah, this is a new home now. This is a new arena, bro. You can't just, you're the new kid on the block. You can't just expect that all your clout and your rapport and everything is going to carry over like that nah bro it's like you transfer to a new university and your credits not all of yeah. them are going to transfer <laughs> with you you know what i'm saying like you're it's a whole you're new really, beast yeah dude like you're you're in the big leagues now like you have to you have to make big moves you have to make a bigger splash or else you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna drown because it's it's a huge huge pool of people here man it's tons and tons of artists and and people that are desperate and willing you know if you're not willing to take that job for three hundred dollars someone will bro like and yeah, that's I was gonna what say, you to think do you think that's something uh not to like throw any of your friends under the bus but is do you think that's maybe some some of the challenges some of them might be facing is like coming from an area where maybe, you know, they're getting 750, you know, for an eight hour day. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're getting offered these gigs that are maybe like 400 or something like that. You know, they're taking, they yeah. have to take cuts. Is that something that they've kind of had to face or oh, you, yeah. are trying to oh. avoid right now? You absolutely have to understand that if you move to LA, what you thought you were going to get paid is probably a third three times four times more than what you're actually going to get paid at the start of things sometimes i mean you could hold out and get those jobs that will really pay you if you man if you're good at that then i applaud you because i moved here with eight years experience all this gear ready to go bro in the beginning i was (laughs) no there wasn't crickets there was a lot of there was a lot of worms but a lot of them were smaller than i thought i was like damn bro i'm i'm not gonna be this I'm not going to be this 
guy making tons of money, which was never an issue. But when you transition over to LA, you take on that LA lifestyle. Like you take on having to pay rent, having to have to pay all these taxes of living here and all of these, you know, you're going to have to pay that life tax, bro. So it's like you come into this and you're just like, oh, snap. These people are paying you next to nothing for like 12 hour days and and you got to take it or else you're going to get what's better, $300 or $0 sometime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn, yo, like we're getting clapped out here. Like, <laughs> like until, until you prove your worth and until you um, find those jobs or work your way into those jobs or find your way into your groove, you're going to have to take a cut. And one of my buddies, he moved from San Francisco and he's like, bro, he's like, I am getting paid way less he was doing some big things in san francisco too like big productions like cool looking stuff like amazing stuff and he moved over to la and he's like bro i haven't worked in a month and he's just like i have not uh he's like all the jobs i'm getting and he would tell me the rates i was like yeah man i told you i told you you can't just move over here <laughs> thinking thinking you're like a big you know that you're just gonna get like all these opportunities like i tell everybody that don't move here thinking yeah thinking you're just going to hit a home run right off the bat. Nah, it's not like that, bro. You're going to you're going to have to prove your worth first. You're going to have to build some trust. You're going to have to uh experience some BS sometimes and um if you're able to avoid those situations, great. Um but not all those situations are avoidable. I mean, you can be in the best most optimal situations and some BS is going to happen. Not getting paid on time, not getting paid enough, um being deceived uh do, putting in 12 hours when you're supposed to only put in like 10 or 8 you know what i'm saying like yeah man when you move over here it's a huge thing but um so getting back to your question of what i'm expecting and what i'm hoping for in 2020 bro i'm hoping to raise the bar i'm i'm tired of getting paid these small wages now that i've basically built myself up um in 2019 uh, i've learned a lot about first acing i learned a lot more about a hell a lot more about lighting and about dping and i've i've shot a feature now I've done big commercials. I've done documentaries. I've worked on, you know, multiple sets. I've worked out of, you know, production houses. I've worked out of different studios, locations. I've worked with different people. I'm 2020. I'm good. I'm good now. 2019, I had a lot to prove um, to a lot of my, a lot of my friends, a lot of people I worked with, you know, first time. But now I have those relationships. I have those experiences and I have that knowledge. And now 2020, it's, it's good. I'm going to be I'm going to be raising the bar. I'm be getting paid more, getting the opportunities I want. And I'm just going to keep my goals in mind, you know, taking care of my family and, and friends first and foremost. And then um, just moving on in this this journey. And we'll see where that takes me because I really don't know, bro. Like, I, I really don't know. Those opportunities, sometimes they just happen, like, with no notice. You had no idea it was coming and you got it. Like I said, you have to be ready when those opportunities present themselves because that's what it's all about. It's all about the timing. That's what that's what life is all about. The timing and how you how you how opportuni- opportunistic you are and if you take those things cuz like your life can change in a day. Yeah, man. 100%. Um dang, man. 2020. I'm so stoked. I didn't realize we had 366, too. That's wild. I think so. I think I'm, I'm just hoping that that's a leap year so what I said kind of uh makes sense. Let me see. It's 2020 <laughs> a leap year. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, man, I'm super excited and it's just, it's going to be crazy because this year's already, 2020 is already picturing up to be a really big year for me. Like I have a lot of partnerships, a lot of projects and a lot of things that I already have booked out 
and kind of on the horizon. That's dope, man. I'm super stoked for you. I'm I'm really excited to 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 see what's going on and just to continue to follow your journey. Um, is there anything before we wrap here that I didn't ask you that I should have, or anything you would like to personally mention? Uh, well, I'd like to answer your question about yeah. Next year's a leap year. We have an extra day in February. There's 366 days. February 29th is our extra day. But uh, regarding that, let me think. I don't know, man. Did I answer your questions well enough? Yeah. You got, no. <laughs> yeah. This has been great, man. Oh, dude, I appreciate it. No, it's been great for me, too. I mean, I just... I thought I thought you were going to dog me the whole time, so this I has have, been... <laughs> I have a long-ass story, bro. Like, I just tried to just cut all the excess out. I have such a long-ass story. It's not like... I mean, yeah, it's a great story, but I it would have been double or triple the amount of time we took so far. We're already at like an hour and 30 minutes. Wait, I don't know how long we're... Yeah, we're like hour, 12 minutes. It would have took easily two and a half hours to flesh out the entire story. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, um, we did talk about gear. We talked about, yeah, dude, we talked, I've, I've, I've shared more knowledge in this interview than I've ever shared. Um, and this is my first interview, my second interview since I moved to LA. And this is like a more well-rounded interview. Cause the first interview was like, I was only like six months into living into LA or something like that. Awesome. So, I mean, yeah, man, no, yeah, I love dude, it. This shit is important though. This is something that you should probably like listen to again or whoever wants to move to LA needs to listen to and hear because this shit is fucking serious. Like a lot of my homies, they went out and bought the same shit I bought. They bought the Hollowlands. They bought the the nucleuses. They bought all these things that I bought, like the monitors I bought. And guess what? Like a couple of them are just like, fuck, this is hard. This is not easy. Like yeah, I'm having a difficult time getting booked. I'm having a difficult time troubleshooting, building cameras. I'm having a difficult time, uh, uh, programming my follow focus or making the Hollylands worker. I'm just having a difficult time. It's just like, I don't know how to build <laughs> these cameras. I don't know how to, 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 to resolve these issues that pop up on set. Like, I just don't know. And I'm like, bro, like I make jumps. Don't think that I bought this shit. Just thinking I could learn in a night. Like I've been studying, researching and, and just, just fail safing every single step of the way, bro. I don't just do things. It may look like I do things impulsively, which I do, but I, I always, have a backup plan or I always am confident in every decision I make. I don't just do shit without researching. I don't just buy into the hype. And I'm like, that's what I told my homie. I'm like, bro, I told you this is way harder than you think it is. Yeah. I'm just more experienced and I just really practice a lot with before I made the jump. So, you know, you know, I can only suggest or recommend certain types of gear and stuff, but I mean, based off of my experiences, when I use it the way I use it and and how I use it and all that, like it works, but I mean, you may not even know what the hell or how to use this as well as I do. And and that's hard, you know, it's hard for people to be like, yo, should I get this? Should I get that? I'm like, I don't know your skill level. I don't know your, how competent you yeah. are. I don't know how resourceful you are, but I mean, for me, it's a no brainer for someone else. They'll be like, oh, this is too much. This is too hard. I can't, I can't understand how to use these things. Like, um, but I never, I'm never out to misinform or ill inform people because that's going to put them in a bigger hole. It's going to put them in a situation, right? And then, you totally. know, a lot of people, they just want to be like, yo, what's the solution to this? What's the solution to that? Oh, you know what I didn't talk about is um, I recently helped out on the student film set for um the University of, uh, shoot, shoot, what is that university called? 
dang fullerton university of fullerton had like a, a student film shoot and they're like okay it's it's funny they put out a little poster like hey we need a first ac for uh two weeks or for this weekend my bad for this weekend and i was like okay i'll do it and so they're like you know they sent me like this copy and paste when i first reached out to them and then they're like yeah we can pay you this much which is literally dude which is less than i make in a day for three days and I show, uh, well, I send them my portfolio and I, sh- I show them who I am and they're like, whoa, they're like, we're just film students. They're like, we can't afford you. We, this is just a little film school shoot. Like this isn't like your way to experience this. And I was like, I was like, nah, don't worry about it guys. I'll help you out. I show up to set bro. And like, I got like, even before I stepped onto set, I got a billion questions from camera yeah. department from director from um yeah all of the people and they're like yeah we're thinking of shooting uh this this scene handheld in the park for eight hours and i was like uh what i was like no 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 no, no <laughs> not handheld not shoulder rig i was like you go out and you rent an easy rig for a weekend you can rent an easy rig for 50 60 for a whole weekend do that because you are not trying to shoot this entire film for eight hours a day handheld in shoulder rig it's gonna kill you kids you guys have no idea (laughs) yeah i was like you guys have no idea and they're shooting on huge cook cook lenses and this sony and i was like look like the sony fs 700 which is like a really weird blocking oh my Mm. yeah 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 so the rig ended up weighing about 20 something pounds after it was built it had a follow focus and um, all this stuff on it and they're like oh my god they're like we tried hand holding it the other day or like doing shoulder rig for 20 minutes and we were dying and i was like yeah had i not told you guys to get that easy rig i don't think i think this film would have turned out way different and they're like oh thank (laughs) you so much yeah and then uh, while i was on set i knew how to do all the things all the grip and all the lighting and they were like there was stuff that would happen, right? And I wouldn't say anything. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to observe how these guys resolve these issues or what they would do and how they would troubleshoot it, right? Because like they would always turn to me and I knew for, if I saw something wrong, okay, the only time I would intervene is if there was like a safety hazard. Like if a C-stand was put up wrong or a combo was put up wrong or something was going to fall, like I would intervene immediately. But if it was something that was wrong and they didn't know how to resolve it, I would like watch them try to like talk amongst each other and try to do it themselves. And then, then I would offer help if they couldn't understand how to do it at the end of the day, I would offer help, but I wouldn't do it right off the bat because I told them specifically, I was like, look guys, when you're on the field, like me in a year, two years, three years from now, no one is going to be there to save you. You're not yeah. going to be able to turn to uh, someone every time. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. So that's what I, in in essence, that's what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to try to figure it out yourself. And then when you're not able to figure it out, that's when I helped you. Because they would always turn to me and they're like, what, what should we do? How should we set this light up? How should we set this, you know, this six by six uh, poly silk frame up? How should we, how should we frame this? How should we fix this issue? Like they're having issues because they're shooting and they're losing light every second and um they just didn't know what to do and obviously that because yeah. you you learn how to move quicker and more efficiently through experience but they're all in film school so they don't have that much experience so at the end of the day what i what i try to tell everybody is like look i i, I do have some of the answers i don't have all the answers but i could help you but i'm gonna definitely want to see i want to see how you're approaching the situation and how you dissect it and, and i want to observe that process because i want to be able to give you guidance in a way that instills you being able to take what I told you and apply it 
instead of just doing it mindlessly because I told you to. I want you to understand why you have to do things this way or why you yeah. should do things this way. And and if something like this happens, how you can save the situation because like I told them, it's not always going to be that easy. You're not always going to be able to turn to someone who has 10 years of your experience and, and ask them how to do something. So, um, you know, and that just goes full circle with even my, my top professional buddies. Some of them don't know. And some of them, you know, we all think differently. We all have like different, um, skill sets and stuff and different thought processes and and troubleshooting and analyzation and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to guide somebody to the point of them failing if I'm not there. They should be able to succeed when I'm not there. It's kind of like the man and the fish story. The Like yeah. teach a man how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime, you know what I'm saying? Or you can just hand the man the fish and he could just eat for the day, you know what I'm saying? It's it's totally Absolutely. that concept. Yeah, dude. So that's kind of a, that's a big, that's a big lesson that uh, everyone should learn is, um, you know, if you're helping someone out or teaching somebody or even taking lessons from somebody, you should really... Um, digest it in the way where you can apply it to your life that you can continuously use this this skill and this technique to better your your skill set and to you know produce results and to save you or to save the situation so i mean i'm never going to just hand somebody you know a fish i'm going to teach them how to fish that's just my thing yeah man i love that gotta gotta strip down gotta strip down the pride if you're gonna go to go to la I, that is the one thing i've heard pretty much everyone <laughs> reaffirm to me is that you gotta strip out the pride and oh yeah and just be willing to to take the take the positions and learn and and i'm i'm totally with that you know i mean that's part of the process and that's like as you mentioned you know it's that's where you learn is getting uncomfortable and and pushing pushing your limits pushing your boundaries so i think that's a that's a really great note to end on before we wrap here though um where can people follow you and your journey um contact you potentially hire you um just get in for more more information about yourself yeah man so um i'm generally most active on instagram so you can follow me at Corey Hour, C-O-R-E-Y. My last name, yes, my real last name is Hour. People think it's a stage name. Um, H-O-U-R. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten that so many times. They're like, is that your real last name? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my real last name. So, yeah, um, it's that cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. It, it worked out. So uh, my um, my website is www.hourproductions with an S. So my last name, Hour, H-O-U-R, productions.com. Um, yeah, just hit me up uh, if you need anything Um you know, regarding some help or, you know, want to talk about gear or, um, just have any questions in general about, about the industry. I could, you know, I, if I have some time, I'm, I'm really responsive. I hit everybody up. I chill with everybody, you know, like I think between you and I, like we, we linked up on social media before we actually met and then, um, yeah, we met up and last year, was it last year? Yeah, it was the, uh, I think it was at Tamron. It was the Tamron event. Yeah. Oh, Tiffin. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Tiffin barbecue. But yeah, like since then we've kept in contact. We've always boosted each other up and just shared, you know, a lot of insight with each other and kind of just helped each other out. So that's really dope, man. So appreciate you having me on board and um, sharing a little bit of my story. It just, it's, I, like I said, it's just, it's an endless story that keeps developing every day. But like, you know, the most important <laughs> thing is this is not a race. It's a marathon, dude. Like it's, you know, it's not about what you can do, who can do the most in one year. It's about who can do the most throughout their entire career because it's this is a long standing career. You can you can work this career for fifty plus years, you know. Look yeah. at Clint Eastwood. I mean, 
you can do nothing for 30 years and then do absolutely incredible work for the next 20. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's so true, man. Awesome, dude. Well, I don't I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh really appreciate it. Uh think we got some amazing value here for everyone. Um so with that, everyone, uh this has been an incredible episode of the Festive Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and we're signing out.